Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Aftermath For Episode 18 Chapter 14 The Quadling Shock and Denial Pain and Guilt Anger and Bargaining Depression the Upward Turn Reconstruction and Working Through Acceptance and Hope Those are the seven stages of grief. This week was super short. It opened with a quick look at those stages as the quadling came to terms with his newfound loneliness and the loss of his tribe. You might remember that at the end of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, he was left alone. Possibly, probably, the last of his kind, on the island of Glinda the Good. And so this chapter is him dealing with that. I could easily have written a longer chapter detailing each stage. Hell, I, knowing me, I probably could have written seven chapters. We all know how sometimes I can ramble and go on and on and on and... I, I know, the joke is old and poorly told. Anyway, this slow-burning story doesn't need anything else to slow it down. Grief is a strange thing, though, isn't it? It's something we all experience at some point in life. The loss of a loved one, the loss of a pet, maybe even the loss of a personal effect with deep, sentimental value. It feels so unique to all of us. We've all heard the phrase, everyone grieves in their own way. Yet somehow, it's so universal. Yet it's somehow so universally felt that it can be broken down into seven distinct phases, or, I guess, stages, however you want to put it. I'm no expert on grief. I've been trying all week to think of something profound or deep to write on the subject. I've thought about the loss of loved ones, the importance of expressing emotions the way I've dealt with those losses in the past. For whatever reason, though, I'm drawing a blank for this particular aftermath. I could tell you all about the loss of my grandfather in the fourth grade, or my grandmother in the eighth grade, my nephew not so long ago, or the more recent loss of one of my best friends, Floyd, just last year. 
I could tell you that I think of all those people on a regular basis that I desperately cling to the memories of each of them as they fade away with the passage of time, never to be seen again. The sorrow I feel when I realize that memories are fallible and oftentimes poor reconstructions of events. I could tell you how I keep the numbers of people I've lost in my phone book, because part of me is unwilling to accept the fact that they won't pick up if I call them. How I frequent Facebook pages or text chains just to feel like I still have some kind of connection with them. I could tell you all that. Or I could just get on with my life and this podcast. When I sat down to write this week's episode, or to begin writing this week's episode, I felt like I was coming in empty-handed, and I didn't really know how to approach this topic in general. But now that I've started typing and talking, I realize I have a little bit more to offer. So let me use this podcast for my own selfish airing of sadness for just a moment. I've mentioned my good friend Floyd in the past. I even retconned the Munchkin Brothers from the first book in his honor. If you were around in the beginning, you might remember the Munchkins were Fink and Frank, but are now Fink and Floyd. I even dropped a short farewell episode for him at one point. It was between episodes 32.3 and 32.4. As I sit here on my break at work, this morning of June 17th, 2022, by nothing more than sheer coincidence, I just received a Facebook notification telling me that today is Floyd's birthday. I may not be particularly spiritual or religious, I might not buy into auras and vibrations, but I do believe in the occasional sign from powers I don't understand or can't quite comprehend. So I'm going to use this episode to tell you about Floyd and the grief that I have felt since his passing last July. So I guess this is a little bit of a different type of aftermath. 
It will come around full circle to the creation of dark days. And it will even come around again a little later on in certain parts of darker days. So, there's that. When I first met Floyd, I was about a year into a job I hated. It was a factory job that I was terrible at. I didn't like most of my co-workers, and I just wasn't a good fit for factory work. I'm forgetful, I'm kinda slow, and I get overwhelmed easily. So a fast-paced assembly line that requires quick hands and attention to small details was a nightmare. The people in front of me on the assembly line were constantly waiting on me so they could do their part. And the people behind me were constantly waiting on me so they could do their part. Eventually, I moved to a different department, a place that was a little more my speed. I wasn't building trailers and generators anymore. Instead, I was cutting wires and assembling electronic panels. It wasn't like real electric work. I often equate it to putting Legos together. This wire snaps here, this wire snaps there, and away it goes. Anyway, it was a better fit. It was a smaller area. The work was nicer. Most of the people were nicer. I'm not going to mention any names, but Byron Stoltz, I think you know who you are. That's not his real name, by the way. Floyd used to call him Dickless, or Dickhead. Anyway, this is where I met Floyd. We instantly clicked as friends. <laughs> we liked the same things, we had some similar experiences in our youths. By the way, Floyd would have been 61 years old today. I'm 38. We loved King of the Hill, Early Simpsons, and cryptozoology. He seemed to know a little about a lot, and a lot about a fair amount. And we had a mutual love of photography and out-of-the-way places. And we both hated the place we found ourselves working. We had a shared cynicism of our employers. We worked side by side for years, literally sometimes side by side. And we survived round after round after round of layoffs together. We traveled the Nebraska countryside in search of ghost towns, and the conversations we had never had a dull moment or awkward pause. 
When I told him my idea for Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, he told me to stop talking about it and just do it already. And so I did. He read the first pages of the first draft. He even created the first ever artwork for it. He was my best friend at a time when I desperately needed a friend. In fact, when the final round of layoffs at our shitty factory job came around, when he was axed and I wasn't, I walked out the door with him anyway. And I never went back into that factory. There are so many pieces of darker days that are inspired by that place. Some of them have come and gone already in this podcast. Characters inspired by, or at least meant to be mocked by, former co-workers. Lady Quinneth and King Lorenz as well as some of the Kansas-based moments that will appear later on. But anyways, I digress. Most places I've worked, I've had co-workers that I've loved and gotten along with greatly. But rarely have I kept in touch with any of them in a truly meaningful way. Floyd was one of the few. As I work through this grief, I find I don't go through it in any particular order. I don't know if anyone does, really. But the stages are there, no less. Just jumbled and rearranged. When Floyd passed away, it hit me hard for different reasons. Over the years, I've struggled with for lack of a better term, I guess, loneliness. My current job is a very solitary existence. It's not unusual for me to go an entire day without having any kind of meaningful interaction with anyone from the time I clock in at 6.30 to the time I clock out at 4.30. Sometimes, I can even go an entire day without seeing anyone at all while I'm at work. I find myself thinking of Floyd a lot and actually missing that factory I hated so much because I miss having that co-worker, that friend, that 20th 
conversation about that one episode of King of the Hill. That connection. And when I found out that connection was severed, never to be restored again, it was heartbreaking. Don't get me wrong. I have a big family, and I love them all dearly. But I don't have a lot of friends. So losing a friend, it hurts in a strangely different way. When he passed away, I felt and still feel enormous guilt. He died July 11th, 2021. And I didn't hear about it until September 2021. I felt like such a shitty friend. I still do. I felt guilty that I didn't pay my respects or notice he was gone. We had virtually no mutual friends. I don't read the local papers or check the obituaries. There was no one to call me and let me know. I literally thought to myself one day, I haven't heard from Floyd for a while. I'll go check out his Facebook page, see what he's up to. And when I did, that's when I found out. The day I found out, I was shocked. And I experienced so much anger. God, I was so angry at myself for not knowing I was angry at whatever higher power I thought about. I was angry at his family for not making it more known on his social media. I felt guilty for not knowing, for not checking up on him more regularly. For somehow letting a distance grow between us. I fucking hurt inside as I struggled to figure out how I should actually feel. And I felt selfish for worrying about my own emotions. I somehow felt like I, for some reason, didn't have a right to be sad or be as sad 
as I was because months had passed before I heard the news. What kind of best friend am I that I could let that happen? Sometimes, even to this day, I feel like he's not really gone. It feels like he can't be gone. And at times, I have to remind myself that he is. I can't explain denial any better than that. I was really, really sad for a long time. I went through old photos, old posts he shared with me, old things he gave me throughout the years. A model of the Psycho Mansion, an eerie photograph of a tree that sits just waiting to be framed. Sometimes I still feel sad. I still get overwhelmingly depressed when I look at all those things. I don't know as if I've ever bargained for anything. I can't say there was ever a significant upward turn, so to speak. But every day, in my own little way, I work through whatever emotions I have regarding Floyd. Mostly now, he sits somewhere in my head, clouded by bittersweet nostalgia. I suppose that's just the way it goes, though. A gradual incline. Maybe I'm not meant to feel the upward turn until I'm at the top of the hill and looking down at where I was. I don't know if I will ever truly accept the loss. Like I said, sometimes I still find myself drifting through a foggy sense of denial. Just waiting for my inner self to snap me out of it and bring me back to reality. And whatever we define as hope, well, I don't know for sure what that is. All I can say is, I hope he's doing well wherever he is. Happy birthday, Floyd.
Thanks for listening. I love you all.